live via Skype. It's the DB&J Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Turnbuckle Jim, and with me as always... Fast Count Brian. How's it going? It's going great, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Real, real quickly, I'd like to congratulate your your team for having the best record and home field throughout the National League playoffs. Thank you. Thank you. At least one thing in D.C. sports is going right for us, though. As history holds, it's probably going to spark back our heads completely. Well, especially if the Cardinals get to the next round, but no. Nah. Yeah, we'll have to see. Anyway. One, uh, that's all stuff. I have one real, real quick question for you. Right. How big would it be to have the Orioles and Nationals in the world? That would be Seriously. freaking huge because as a Orioles fan, tell about Rip, uh, Cal Ripken retired. They're called like... Ripken. Um, so since uh, Cal Ripken retired, I've been a Nationals fan for the most part. Actually, for all the part, we freaking hate Baltimore now and the uh, stupid Orioles. But yeah, like that would actually give like a good rivalry between the two teams that they have never had. Like they've always been trying to fake the rivalry, and now it's just like something real. Like we're actually playing for something big. That would be astronomical. Outstanding. So yeah, that's pretty much what I'm hoping for, actually. All right, all right. So speaking of things that are the opposite of exciting, uh, what did you think of Monday Night Raw? Um, it has some good high points to it. I did like uh, the opening match, uh, Ziggler, Cesaro, and uh, Miz. I thought that was funny. Um, I like some of the backstage stuff. I like they the, they gave like Jamie Noble and Mercury like some some time just to goof around, which is kind of funny. Um, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins being the focus of the show, yeah, I like that too. But I think it just shows that being a three-hour TV show, there's gotta be some sneaky moments to it too. Well, did you like? I think the part where I think Ambrose said something was along the lines of like he's getting chased down by the cruiserweight division or something. <laughs> he was he had some good stuff. Yeah, he had some great lines. Um, now, but where are you, uh, I, I'm curious because I have my own thoughts on this, and they're always generally not good towards the guy, but. Do you feel like Cena is going to wrestle Rollins in the cell? Um, you know, that could be a possibility. It could be Cena versus Ambrose versus Rollins. I think that's probably more close to what we're going to see instead. But we shouldn't. <laughs> we really shouldn't. Like, I, I, I read some stuff about it, and I swear, I would rather see Orton and Cena for the 15 millionth time than have Cena put get anywhere close to Rollins and Ambrose because it's so good. I don't want to hate that feud. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so good that I think that once they, they move Cena away from that feud, like that, I think the feud is not going to go right for anytime soon. Um, and they really shouldn't use like a the Hell in a Cell as a blow-off match for it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that could be a possibility, but... I don't think that Rollins versus Cena definitely just, just by itself is not going to happen. Now, the fact that Heyman came out and was trying to, you know, ask what Rollins' intentions were with Lesnar, I mean, come on, what else was he trying to do? Uh, win the belt, duh. Yeah, and for, for, correct me if I'm mistaken, but if you have a DQ finish on your second of back-to-back pay-per-view matches, wouldn't you want to have a blow-off match to end your feud and say, like, a Hell in a Cell where there's a really no disqualifications. Hell, mm, I mean the, the the gimmick is right. The timing is wrong for it. I feel like I feel that this feud could go on for another six months and I'd be entertained. What are you talking about? Uh, Rollins and Ambrose or Cena and Lesnar? Uh, Cena versus uh, no, uh, definitely Amber Ambrose versus Rollins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but don't you think Cena should wrestle Lesnar? I don't. I get that he has a certain amount of dates, but pay the guy extra money if you're going to make him the champ and have him wrestle at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, I don't think Cena's the right opponent this time though because he already had two matches back to back with him. I think put him against a guy like Sheamus and that would be fantastic. Yeah, but the thing was like he had the disqualification at the end of the match. So you're thinking, could he have beaten Lesnar with Rollins? that interfere? Could he? I don't know. You don't know. And they better not save it to WrestleMania because I will be pissed off. Yeah, I do have the feeling that uh, Lesnar is going to be a champion to WrestleMania, but there's so many guys coming back before then, mm-hmm. then it's up in the air. It could be uh, Cena versus um, Lesnar. It could be um, Reigns versus Lesnar. It could be freaking Daniel Bryan versus Lesnar. That's the ticket right there. Yeah, Daniel Bryan versus Lesnar, I think we get the biggest heat. So. Now, let me ask you something, because I didn't catch this part, but I, I read something about... 
They're going to have a person holding the key to the cell on the outside. What the hell is that? I didn't get that part. It's like some a key guy. I don't know. Thing is, like, I feel bad for Randy Orton because, like, he's pretty much going to be the uh, compensation for uh, if Cena. If it's not a triple threat, then if it's going to be Cena, Rollins, and Ambrose, it's going to fight Orton, and I don't think anybody's going to care to see that at all. Yeah. No, Orton, I think, really needs to take a break. Just, just, just go away for a little while. Come back, rework your gimmick, have somebody else join the Authority in the meantime, just to make it fresh. Like a guy like Cesaro, I think would be, look great in the uh, in that, or um, heck, anybody really. Cesaro looks good as long as you don't give him a title match. Like it's just predictable now. Yeah, yeah. Everything. That's one thing I hate though is the predictability of the uh, stupid wrestling. So now another thing that got me is I, I don't I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but Rusev like. Do you feel like they're like is it is he like a, a gradually slow push because like you go from Swagger to Henry to Big Show like is is he making his way up or is Big Show not as important as he used to be? Uh, he's definitely making his way up. I mean, Big Show uh, ever since he jobbed Lesnar at uh, Royal Rumble has been become a big deal. Uh, well, I don't know. It's hard to say because um, Le- Big Show goes ups and downs, you know. Uh, they pretty much like fed him the big show to make Lesnar look like a monster at that pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of hard to say. He's definitely moving his way up in the card, but uh, where he's going to peak at, I don't know. I think once he he does suffer that legit uh, loss to say, unfortunately, Asina or whoever eventually beats him legitimately, mm-hmm. then uh, his you know. He's got one gimmick, and that's he's from Russia. We all hate the Russians, apparently. Um, so, yeah, that the whole... Yeah, he, he's got a limited shelf life, I think, in terms of that gimmick. Yeah, but the thing is, I kind of wonder, like you said, like, if... Never mind, I read something where JR, they asked him if they should put the U.S. belt on him, on Rusev, and he was like, no, because the belt doesn't matter. Ooh... Yeah, so I'm just wondering if they're just going to go that way and just feed feed Sheamus to him, and then he's just got a belt that is the Russian heavyweight title, but no one's going to really care about it? Yeah. It's hard to say how they, they need to they book him. I mean, they, they pretty much book him, book these things like maybe 30 days in advance, four weeks in advance, up until the next pay-per-view. They have an idea, and then they go from there. They really don't seem to have a game plan besides that, really. Right, one other thing about Raw that I kind of thought stuck out, I don't know what your thought was, was when Stephanie McMahon came out and they were chanting CM Punk and she said something about, uh, I can't, why do you guys endorse quitters or something like that? Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, time they started taking shots at the guy considering what, like the thing about him holding up the 2K15 game because his likeness is in it. Yeah, the whole thing is just stupid. I mean, really. Um, CM Punk, man, you shouldn't have left. I mean, if in... If, if you stay around and just wait until your contract ended, then fine, but yeah. See, I, I, I was on his side, but now he's just, he looks like a shithead, and I'm just tired of, tired of hearing about it. I am too. I mean, honestly, the guy, like, signed a contract, you know, if you need time off, you need time off. Get some, you know, just don't leave and just, you know, not do anything and just be, like, a douchebag on the sidelines, so. In, indeed. Uh, I can't think of anything else that really stood out from, from Raw. I mean... Do you? No, that feels like those are the highlights. Um, also, wear pink this month, apparently, because it's breast cancer wearing this month. We're going to be fed that for the next four weeks. I really don't want to be the guy who says, like, hey, don't support, like, you know, fight against breast cancer, but also, like, I'm really kind of dubious against charities that have a huge overhead, like uh, Susan B. Coleman. But anyway, uh, that's that's another here and there. We're here to talk about professional wrestling, right? Hey, I mean, how about the fact that, you know, KFC always donates a portion of the sales to Susan G. Coleman, but you're also paying for potential heart disease down the line. True, true. It's a, um, it's a mixed bag, man. Uh, speaking of mixed bag, I have trivia. Oh, you have trivia for me. Okay, go on. I don't know if that was a good segue or not. No, it's not, but let's go ahead and move on because we need to try to cover as much guys as possible. You may or may not have this one, but we'll figure it out. Who is the only wrestler to have had action figures made in his likeness Mm -hmm. by the WWE, Mm -hmm. WCW, ECW, and TNA? Wow, that is tough. 
Um, but I'm going to have to guess and say it's the obvious choice of Raven. That is incorrect, sir. Oh, it wasn't Raven. Um, could I get a second chance for that? One last choice. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, we're talking ECW old school, not ECW when it came back correct. or shit. Okay, because yes. I was going to say, no, wait, Kurt Angle didn't wrestle for WCW. What am I thinking of? Um... This is a tough one. Uh, I guess the other obvious choice... No, that doesn't make sense either. Um, wow. Man, that is hard. Okay. Um, no. Uh, no idea? Are you tapping out, sir? I... I'm tapping out. I'm, I'm curious. Who is this person? Mick Foley. Mick Foley. No. I didn't realize that there was a Mick Foley action figure for WCW. Yeah, it was Cactus Jack. All right. And let me give you one more good one here. This, right. is, this one's a little easier, I think, so this will make you feel a little better. Um, who was the first wrestler to have entered the Royal Rumble at number 30 on more than one occasion? Jeez. Um, Rey Mysterio. Somebody, maybe somebody had like some age on them, didn't want to wrestle. Rey Mysterio? The Undertaker. The Undertaker, really? Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm just, just whiffing now tonight. Let's... Anyway, uh, ready to move on to our this week's pay-per-view? Yes. All right. So our retrospective of the Attitude Era continues as we go south or west to Spring Stampede 1998, uh, April 9th, from the Denver Coliseum in Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Or it could be Detroit if you go along with uh, Tony Schiavone, like halfway through the thing. Like you see, Detroit. Was... I mean, it's pretty obvious. Denver is a lot different than Detroit. Number one, it's not bankrupt. Yeah, I just like the fact that Heenan was like, "Are you okay?" Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad you're not having to give like a, a like a witness statement or something. Like. Yeah, Tony Schiavone as as oh my goodness, he's they they really should have replaced him with somebody else like halfway through. So like, Schiavone's not working out for you. We're, we're gonna get somebody else to. You used to like him. You used to like him as a kid, and I realized how big of a joke everything sounded to him. It was everything was the best match of all time? Yeah, he he was just a terrible commentator. And the thing about him too is that um, yeah, again, he didn't take anything serious. I know it's like really hard to find a, a guy like a Jim Ross who can commentate and make everything seem like really ultra serious and, and awesome but I mean honestly Tony Schiavone is just horrible well the thing the thing that got me is like I remember one time when I was watching Raw and Bischoff had told JR that like he could fire him and replace him with Schiavone at any time and I was like at the time I was like yes and then I was like looking back like I shouldn't have been that excited about that no Schiavone is horrible Schiavone is just probably like the worst thing that happened since uh, you know AIDS well, that, that's a bad thing. That's 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 horrible. That's that shouldn't be said. Um, he he could have hyped him like three minute warning versus Rosie. Best <laughs> match of time. No, but anyways, so this is a very surprising pay per view, and I know we're gonna go matches, but just. I was very surprised that the main event was the main event. You know, it should have been the main event, but that, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad they they saved that's the main event. Uh, it was for the belt. Um, this this met this uh, pay per view had actually some very surprising matches, and I think overall, I actually like this pay per view. I do, I do too. For certain things and certain stuff, I just didn't really yeah. care at all. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Perry Saturn and Goldberg lead this thing off? They did. Goldberg was actually in the opening match, oddly enough. Um, it's during his undefeated streak, and of course he defeated uh, Saturn via pinfall at 8 minutes and 10 seconds. Um, and actually a very good like match. Like Goldberg is using like tons of athletic moves for his takedowns, and uh, Saturn... like. He didn't beat down Goldberg, but he definitely gave Goldberg a run for his money. In fact, the commentators were saying this is Goldberg's longest match up until this point. So it was really good. Yeah, the one thing that, that kind of got me is um, Saturn looked weird with hair. Yeah. And, I mean, not that that should be the only takeaway, but you're, I'm so used to him being bald, hanging out with Moppy and all that. But uh, Yeah, even in my mind, um, he is bald when I remember in this match but yeah he did have hair that, that was weird 
And, I mean, it was, considering, I don't know if he was announced as the number one contender before the Raven-DDP match later on, but, I mean, like, he was getting a, a slow, steady push, and yep. Saturn Saturn took it to him. I mean, honestly, that's, like, one of the two or three matches that, at the time, he took the most abuse in, so to speak, except for, like, the Scott Hall match on the night he beat Hogan, but that's about... That's a. I mean, the fact that they let Saturn get some moves on him when it wasn't a shoot like the William Regal match, so to speak. Yeah, it was. I was. I was impressed with it. I was very impressed by it. Yeah, it was actually a great match to start off, and the fact they had um, Saturn with like all, a lot of members of the Ravens flock helping him out too. Um, I was. I was very surprised. Like honestly, like they made Goldberg more of an athletic kind of wrestler who who had that kind of style and actually took like bumps from other wrestlers, more like a, a bigger shot. Michaels have if, if you would then I think that his wrestling career would have been much better because really I mean I think we have this conversation but like how many Goldberg matches do you actually remember he's being good um not I mean due to him carrying the weight of the match or? right like actually like it was a good match overall because of him Damn. <laughs> but anyway, um, my, my point is that he should have had longer matches with uh, better wrestlers, and this is an example of what they could have done with him, and they just never did. Um, so, or what what WCW should have been, you know, one year down the line, but it never made that decision. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a great match, and uh, permission, you know, ultimately, you know, a kind of waste opportunity. A lot of things when you go through this paper, you realize, like, as a fan, it was cool then, but it's just, it was oversaturated and very watered down at this point. True. I mean, well, let's go up to the next match, which is Ultimo Dragon defeating Chavo Guerrero Jr. With Chavo Guerrero, we have Eddie Guerrero, 11 minutes and 49 seconds. Um, this is a decent match, too, but a lot of times they had a, a lot of the match, they have uh, Eddie distracting poor Chavo. I didn't. Okay, I understood. Like, because I started watching some of the stuff from '96 and when Ultimate or Ultimate, the Ultimate Dragon, they called Ultimate Ultimate Dragon. Yeah, well, they keep flipping back and forth on that. (laughs) And I know, like, at the time, he's like, he had like nine championship belts at one time, but no one really cared. Um, Cruiserweight titles, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, but this match, I'm like, first, I didn't. A lot of these matches didn't really have rivalries because the match the robbery itself was Chavo and Eddie and Ultimo Dragon was just wrestling Chavo at the time like it didn't feel like he felt secondary to the like to the rest of the story there yeah that's what definitely it felt like so I completely agree um it's a good match but yeah there's no heat between Ultimo and Chavo the ultimate the heat is between Chavo and Eddie so I don't I don't know if they ever resolved this at all in WCW I know they tagged afterwards in WWE so yeah, I mean, yeah, and then if you ever watch some of Chavo's late WCW stuff where he's like trying to like sell off merchandise and shell a fake phone number, it's oh, actually pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Like, and it, we had, it, to be fair though, everybody had bad stuff at that point. Nobody had anything good. The most memorable thing about that is when he interviewed Scott Hall, and then Scott Hall said, "What was a TV title do for me? I don't get any TV dinners," and he just throws it in the garbage. Yeah, and then Jim Duggan takes it and defends it or something. I don't know, but anyway. I didn't care for the match at all. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, next up, we have uh, Burger T defeated Name Redacted um, to retain the WCW World Television Championship. Speaking of which, Voldemort. Um, he is he who shall not be named on the WWE Network. Uh, but yeah, they. Okay, I'll tell you what. For you know, for a guy that you know, for will always get on history for stuff that was bad. The dude, then then well, I'll say it. I don't care. I, I I'll, I'll fight him off. The man it was a damn good wrestler. He was. And, he was an exceptional wrestler, and this is a, a, a wonderful, wonderful match. I know when Booker T did the sidewalk slam, Benoit grabbed his head. I'm like, it started there. <laughs> but um, yeah, every time he does a freaking flying headbutt. Yeah, one of the one of the things that got me again. I noticed these things like you know with Saturn's hair, but Ben Wall had a mullet. Yeah, he had some terrible, terrible hair. Like everybody in the WCW in the '90s had just just got awful hair. Yeah, I, as far as imagine, it, it, it kills me. I know T, the TV time like a ten minute time limit or something like that. 
on like regular nitros and they made a big deal about it going over 10 oh my god it's overtime I'm like yeah like they're allowed to go over 10 minutes they're not 50 years old they can go you know like quit making it a big deal that you had a match go over 10 minutes this isn't hooking it or Piper. No, and this is like those guys at their peak performance level too, pretty much. Um, they are doing great uh, in terms of the wrestling ability. Now, what uh, I don't know is like when, I'm sorry, when this was as far as like, cause, you know, they had like the best of seven series. I don't know if this was before that, after that. It wasn't during it. Um, I guess when this is probably after that. Oh, okay. Well, still, I I to the point. It is the match of the night so far. Um, so far. So far, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, next up, we have Kurt Henning with Rick Rude defeated the British Bulldog with Jim the Anvil Neidhart in, thank God, 4 minutes and 48 seconds. Um, uh, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Like, put the Bulldog on the card. We'll have him against somebody he's wrestled before, Kurt Henning, like, you know, about six years ago. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I, it didn't even really feel like they were fighting for WCW. Like, does beating Kurt Henning really mean anything? I don't know. No, I, I was like, no, sorry. No, I, I, I stopped my train of thought completely. Okay. Well, I was going to say that Kurt Henning is probably like the least like NWO member uh, of the NWO. So that was when it was really watered down. Like half the roster was NWO at some point or something. Oh, no, it, it got way worse. The Wolfpack hadn't started yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, moving but, on. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. I was thinking, like, did, when you were watching that match, was it more not the suck factor to it, but more like I forgot Bulldog and Nightheart were in WCW? I remember they were in it briefly. I can't remember any matches they had. Um, it was, yeah, Bulldog, uh, Nightheart, um, and Brett. And Brett, yeah, those guys came over from uh, from WWF at the time because, of course, the uh, Monday, the, uh, the, the Montreal Screwjob, of course, but, um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty horrible stuff that they, I mean, they, they didn't add anything to, to the wrestling at all. In fact, the roster is so bloated that, you know, even a pay-per-view, they can't, they can't even fit everybody in, so... Mm-hmm. They can't, sadly. Yeah. But oh well. Oh well. What's the next match, good sir? Next match, we have a treat for you. It's uh, Chris Jericho, um, WCW Cruiserweight Champion, defeated Prince Iakea. Nine minutes and 55 seconds. Well, this was during the whole um, his feud with Dean Malenko, but Malenko had just fallen off the face of the planet. Yeah, so he pretty much took the belt and pretty much defeated, I think, every single cruiserweight at this point uh, to retain it. So Chris Jericho is like, once they actually gave this guy a personality, like, and started being himself, he was just golden. Hmm. Yeah, you're probably not, not as excited as I am for Chris Jericho at this point, but this is when I started getting really good into Jericho. And- no, no, he was he was really good then. It's just like I, I feel like they didn't really do enough with him because I mean, if you remember, he got a pretty good you know push, and then he had the whole Goldberg thing, and then I got squashed, and then you hardly ever saw him after that. Uh, true. He got really, really uh, pushed down the card after that but at this point he was rising up and he was just great yeah I blame Goldberg for that yeah blame Tony Schiavone that too but anyway so this match though I think is pretty good yeah no no it's it's pretty good like Prince IK was very very underrated before the whole uh the artist formerly known as Prince IK fuck you Vince Russo yeah he was <sighs> So next up, we have uh, Rick Steiner and Lex Luger defeated Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell in just a regular tag team match, 5 minutes and 58 seconds. Thank goodness, also making it mercifully uh, short. Well, the thing that got me about that match is, like, again, I think this this goes on, God, I think until like Halloween Havoc, maybe, to where like, Scott just would find any loophole to avoid finding his brother. Like, no, that's good looking right there. Yeah, the entire year was just him running from from Rick. Yeah. And I would run from the guy too. Like his freaking jock strap on his head was killing me. Sorry. Rick Steiner had a dumb look. I just couldn't stand it. Like the dog collar too. Like, come on man, just stop. Yeah, he looked much better with that, like 
ten years ago. And I mean, I guess in the fact that Luger was fighting Bagwell for no reason. I mean, Luger fighting Bagwell is, is like pushing him down the card. Like Luger deserved better. I think. He, he really did, but uh, I don't know. He was just there for moral support for the most part and to win the match. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too impressed with much of this pay-per-view. Yeah, this is... Well, I don't know. Next up, we have Psychosis defeated La Parka in 6 minutes and 59 seconds. Wait, that match got more time than the Steiner match? It did get more time than the Steiner match, because it's a Luchador match. They can do more with... with uh... Well, they made La Parka big because he was the chairman, if I'm not mistaken, but then he lost to Psychosis. Yeah, so... If you want a good match where, like, a cruiserweight gets a chance to get built up and then gets completely squashed, look at Leparka versus Randy Savage on YouTube. Like, like he, he like Leparka gets a good push, and then Savage just comes in and obliterates the guy. And uh, just he's never the same after that. Well, that's kind of depressing. Yeah, a little bit. Brother. Brother. Ooh, yeah. Dig it. <laughs> We're wasting our Randy Savage material before... We are wasting it. Oh uh, man, we really like fact, like right at this point they just kept going on and on about how Sting and Savage agreed to a no disqualification match. Like, well, come on now. Yeah, they really were talking about the other matches, like, and not talking about this. Uh, you know, the match that was going on. It was quite impressive. <laughs> Some of these matches felt like Nitro matches. They really did. They really did. Um, which is a problem because all the good wrestling was on TV, and all like the kind of blow off, blow night blow off matches, the kind of crap matches were kind of on pay per view. That was damn disappointing. It is damn disappointing, isn't it? Uh, next up, we have Hollywood Hogan and Kevin Nash defeated Roddy Piper and the Giant in a baseball bat on a whole match in 13, seconds and, uh, 13 minutes and 23 seconds. You know, I kept waiting for um, Giant to turn because I know, like, right after this, he rejoins the NWO. So I'm just like, I thought this was the match that happened, but it... Yep. It, it didn't, you know? No, this is one where Hollywood Hogan uh, turned on Kevin Nash. Yeah. I mean, that whole, that whole thing was stupid. Like, he turns on him. Nash starts to wolf pack, but they never really feud with each other, so what's the freaking point? Yeah, the, the, the whole, like, NWO, like, Black versus NWO wolf pack and everything, that, that, that really fell through. Because um, they had so much potential with, you know, both of those uh, sides and lots of talent. And like, yeah, they just didn't do anything with either one, with any of them, really. Just Hogan didn't want to lose. That was the problem. Well, he lost to freaking Jay Leno. Yeah, well, that's that's entirely different. It made them zero money, <laughs> but that's fine. Oh, uh, uh, yep. Yeah. It's kind of bad. Like you know, Giant was the best wrestler in the match, honestly, and he got fat at that point. He got huge. And Nash didn't look good. Piper and Hogan had no business wrestling each other anymore at all. Yeah. It, like, and the thing that got me again was like the placement on the card. Like it, it felt like it should have been higher up, but it was like a mid card match. Yeah, it felt really weird that it was it was right there. So, and considering like what followed it. <laughs> Yeah, that was also pretty bizarre. So next up, uh, after this match, we have Raven defeated DDP in a Raven's Rules, meaning no DQ match, to win the WCW World, uh, sorry, WCW United States Championship in 11 minutes, 52 seconds. There's the match of the night. Yeah, it really was. It, it, it honestly was. It was pre- it's, it's a fun, garbage-filled match, but plenty of good psychology. And it did have my favorite uh, line of the whole night, too. Ooh, what was that? Well, oh, it, um, as... Internet? Well, no. As, uh, I think DDP was, uh, body slamming Raven through the, uh, the website, um, table they had us up there. And Tony Schiavone exclaims, They're, he's body slamming him through the website! www.wrestling.com www.wrestling.com Did you ever go to that site back at, like, when it was, like, dial-up and it was super slow and... Oh my god, and like, it took forever just to like, you know, upload a picture of a Nitro girl, like, eh. Yeah, it's... Forever. But the whole internet was like that back then. Yeah, but I, the match itself was fantastic. Like, they beat the crap out of each other in and out of the ring, 
And the thing that, that got me is like, if you had never seen this match, the fact that right at the beginning they say the winner is, will defend the belt tomorrow night against Goldberg, that should be your instant indicator that it's not going to be DDP. <laughs> because they didn't think, I mean, they were, I mean, yeah, they fought at Halloween Havoc that year, but they weren't going to have DDP fight Goldberg that early. Yeah. Then again, I don't know where DDP's place on the card was either at that point. He was an upper lower mid carder. No, he was a um, he was close to mid mid events to S at that point. I think so. That's why he had the title. Yeah, he didn't get the belt on like the next year after that. But yeah, yeah, yeah but he was still like you know he was almost there. He he was pretty close. Yeah, but like this match was the match of the night by far, and. I don't know if you ever saw those videos I linked you with, with like Raven and talking about all that stuff. Raven is a very underrated wrestler. Yeah, uh, I completely agree that he he pretty much like owned all of uh, ECW when he was there. Like he was the person to see. Now what what killed me? And I don't know. I, I feel like I should read more into this, but like why the WWF wouldn't have taken Raven at his hottest point ECW instead of WCW because Raven during the initial Attitude Era push would have been fantastic instead of the way he came in later on. It was. Con- just complete crap. Um, it's <laughs> a good question, man. Um, I, maybe he had some history with WWF at that point, so that's why they didn't want him on there. Uh, oh. I do remember he was Johnny Polo. Yeah. Um, so maybe he had some history there with somebody in the back who just didn't like him. I guess, but my God, like, like if he had been there doing the initial Attitude Era push. I think he would have been way better than just the Ravens flock thing, but that's just me. Yeah. Well, yeah, he would have been great, but um, he, yeah, it's kind of hard to say. He, he definitely didn't feel like a WCW guy. Like the fact they had him in there is just kind of bizarre. So. Well, I didn't even know what ECW was at the time, so I was like, oh, this guy's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, trivia question for you. Oh, does this involve the next match? Uh, no, it actually involves this match. Okay. Can you name all the members of Raven's Flock? Crap. That's not fair. Um, I'll give you, uh, let's see here, I have... Uh, I'll, I'll get it. Okay. I'll get it. I mean, we've got, obviously got Raven and Saturn. Right. Uh, Stevie Richards. Yep. Uh, Billy Kidman. Yep. Did I say Scotty Riggs? Uh, no. Scotty Riggs. Yep. Uh, Lodi. Can't forget Lodi. Uh, then they had, I know it was, uh, I forget what his character name was, like the big, tall, goofy-looking bastard. Uh, he had two of those guys. <laughs> he had Van Hammer. Right. And it, he was named Ron Reese, like the guy that was the, the Yeti. Uh, you are correct, sir. But I don't remember what his, uh, Reese yeah, he was just Reese, yeah. And that, that's all I remember. I'm just Sick Boy, Sick Boy. There's also Sick Boy. Okay. Yeah, those are the main core members of the group. Um, Wikipedia does list uh, Canyon and Horace as being the group, too, but I'm, I'll give you those guys because they weren't really like... I don't remember Canyon. I saw Horace. Horace was actually in the pay-per-view, like, helping out in the match. Yeah. Oh, that's who that guy was. Yeah, I was like, who is that bald guy? It wasn't Canyon. Yeah, well, the, the stupid thing was, like, he really is related to Hogan. I thought it was just a gimmick, but he really was related to Hogan. Yeah, uh, and that pretty much gave him... That's probably, like, the, if you're a professional wrestler and you're related to Hulk Hogan, you're pretty much going to be, like... You're, you're going... You won't have to work for anything in your life. Let's just face it. Well, it's, well, I mean, except for when Hogan left after Bash of the Beach 2000, Horace Hogan was never seen. <laughs> Anywho, but yeah, like, so I got all of them except Canyon and uh, what's-his-face? Uh, Canyon and Horace. Of course, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. That's partial. I'll give you that, I'll give you that. You know, you can... Good job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, all right, so we have our main event, which is Sting versus... Uh, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Um, Randy Savage winning in 10 minutes and 8 seconds in a no-DQ match for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. But wait, what happened that he won the match? Was there interference, maybe? Oh, there's so much interference. Uh, so, let's see here. Um, Sting was powerbombed by Kevin Nash. That's correct. Yes. And then, uh, even after Hulk Hogan interfered. So, yeah. I mean, Sting 
Kings had the belt for like what two months now at this point, and then now finally get a chance to uh, to defend it, and he just loses it to Randy Savage, who in turn loses it to Hogan the very next night. Good night. God, that's so stupid. Yeah, I mean because you know Sting and Hogan couldn't wrestle each other again for whatever reason. I have no idea. But uh, and that. That's kind of the takeaway from the match. Like, as soon as you heard no DQ, it's like, yeah, Savage is going to win. Mainly, I mean, except that's what happened to the bat match. You know, Nash wanted Savage to win to, to mess with Hogan, and Hogan wanted Sting to win. So, I, yeah, I was a little disappointed. Yeah. I think, well, I think these guys have seen better days in terms of their wrestling ability. Um, I think Savage was either legitimately hurt or, or played up hurt really well because he looked pretty much broken for most of this match. Like, even when he punched, like, Sting with his uncast hand, he would act like he just, like, hit a brick wall. Well, I mean, he didn't really wrestle too much after that until, like, 99. I remember he was in the Wolfpack at first, but he wasn't there for too long. Yeah, he uh, he dropped out pretty soon. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as the match itself, like, I, I think I'm surprised it was the main event. I'm glad it was, but I kind of feel... But you're not going to main event with Raven and, you know, DDP. No, no. They should have, but they did not. But overall, sir, what would you give it? Um, going through it, I think we had a couple good matches. Let's see here. Goldberg Center was good. Booker T versus Namor Dacted was good. Um... Uh, Chris Jericho, Chris Ikea, Raven DP. So about four out of what ten matches were good. Um, and there wasn't anything really terrible that stunk it up, except maybe the pole match. Um, I give it a B minus. Yeah, I'll just give it a solid B. No. Nope. Well. Solid B. Solid B. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and chalk that up to uh, kind of a win for, for WCW. Now, one of the things that I, I didn't like that was missing from the pay-per-view was, I don't know, Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. noticed that, too. Like, suddenly they spent, like, a lot of money to get him, and now they're not even using him? Like, what yeah. the heck? And where was Flair? Yeah. And, again, they had such a bloated roster that... Yeah, they couldn't put everybody on the card, unfortunately. I mean, like, the month before that, or the month, no, I think the month before or after this, Brett fought uh, Kurt Henning, and it was a pretty good match. I just don't remember which pay-per-view it was, but they just didn't, I'm just going on a rant, they didn't use Brett that well at all. Anyways. No, he did not fit in at all with WCW because, you know, Brett, Brett like, didn't match anybody's styles in terms of anybody in the main event, and... Like nobody else was like a good technical wrestler to go with him. So yeah, he had like a really disappointing uh, couple years there in WCW. What can I say? Yes. Would you like another trivia, sir? I would love to have some more trivia. Bring it on. You, you won't get this one, but we'll try. It's a, it's a tricky one. Who is the only wrestler to compete at both WrestleMania one and WrestleMania ten? Oh boy. WrestleMania 1, WrestleMania 10. WrestleMania 1, WrestleMania 10. Um, I'm trying to remember who was WrestleMania for pay per view. Um, it's a damn good question. Um, hmm. Would you appreciate a hint at any point? Yeah, just give me a one hint. Um, it's not a guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, fabulous moolah. Uh, Leilani Kai. Leilani Kai, really? I know, shocked, right? Yeah. Oh. Interesting. That's that's a damn good question, though. And here's an, here's one last one for you. Who is the only person in WWEF history to have won the WWE title, mm-hmm. the World Heavyweight title, mm-hmm. the Intercontinental title, mm-hmm. the European title, mm-hmm. Hardcore title, mm-hmm. the WWE Tag Team title, mm-hmm. and the World Tag Team title? Uh, my best guess would be Chris Jericho. That is correct, sir. Woo! Yeah, Chris Jericho has pretty much won every single belt you can put on the guy. Because yeah. 
I'm trying to think of what he won in WC. He was, I know he was the TV and Cruiserweight champ. That's as far as he got. Yeah, he never had the tag champs as far as I remember. And um, he, of course, U.S. title for that small guy? No way. No, they just gave it to Kurt Henning. Kurt yeah. Why not? Kurt Henning. I don't know. Those, those belts are pretty much like, you know, tradable anyway. Indeed. So, um, next week, we shall do uh, our next in the WWF pay-per-views. I think we're up to Unforgiven, the month after WrestleMania. Yes, the Kane Undertaker Inferno match. Ooh. Uh, I'm looking forward to Cactus Jack versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Was it Cactus? No, it wasn't Cactus Jack. It's Dude Love. What am I thinking of? I mean, yeah, it's semantics, right? Yeah, yeah. it's pretty much the same guy, different name. Indeed, indeed. So, so for two, because I, I found I'm making new agile for LOD. Like, it's some decent stuff. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Uh, all right, we're well, ready for some top five lists. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, you want to do yours first or mine first? Because you picked uh, mine, so. Yeah, I'm sorry. What did you say about yours? Oh, you picked mine. I picked yours. Right. You gave me top five years in wrestling. Um. And I'll tell you, it's not that hard to do this, actually. I was like, wait a minute. What would qualify as a really important year? And it's not selfish stuff, because I could go 2006 when Edge cashed in on Cena. But that's not that's not a prerequisite to a really great year. No. What would be is 2005, which is the number five choice. Because so, say whatever you want about the guys, and I've said plenty. But WrestleMania 21 was the official kickoff to Cena and Batista. I mean, they were the last two in the Royal Rumble match that year. The one where famously Vince McMahon walks to the ring and, like, blows his knee out and just sits there in the ring. Even he was laughing at the absurdity of the, the injury. Yeah. That was very classic. I don't even know if they added that on that work, but, you know, the fact that, like, you know, they had, that was the time, like, that was, like, the the blatant direction the company was going, like, these are our guys, and we're going to push them to the moon and see how far it goes, and they didn't, neither of them, despite my thoughts on Cena, neither of them really disappointed in those initial title reigns during that year. Because I know Batista had a couple of matches with JBL, and then I think he fought Eddie Guerrero before he died, which, I mean, takes away from 2005, but not enough that the Cena-Batista era, and that's, I think it's like the official changing of the guard, pretty much. Yeah. From, like, the Triple H. I think that's when they, like, all the Attitude guys just kind of went to the side a little bit. Yeah, pretty much the, yeah, that year before that, like... Um... Rock was done, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin had retired, Mick Foley was done, so yeah, pretty much everybody um, at that point um, from Adstera had moved on. Yeah, so I think that with, like that kickoff of the the new newer generation, you know, was pretty impactful. All right then. Um, okay. Good choice. Um, my top five list, um, and of course, I always try to start with the number five being the most recent thing. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much went with any Daniel Bryan championship match of 2013. Oh, I knew that was going to happen. Um, well, if whether or not you look at uh, Money in the Bank cash-ins as being a dusty finish, it, it feels like it to me because, hey, look, it's our guy. He won the belt. Great. Uh, here comes some other person who's going to cash it in. Um, no, Randy Orton's the champion now. So, yeah, it's pretty much like any single, like, match he had. It just it's felt like a dusty finish. Yeah, except when he got screwed over by Shawn Michaels. I guess that does not really count as a dusty finish. But still, SummerSlam uh, 2013 definitely feels like the, the biggest screw-over for Daniel Bryan you can think of. Now, I, I hate that. Is, is there any more specific Daniel Bryan matches on your list? Uh, no. Because if you think about it, the Elimination Chamber, when he was about to get out of the cage... And Orton was still in the ring, and freaking like Kane comes in and just demolishes Daniel Bryan, so like Orton gets the pinfall. Yeah, that isn't really considered to be a dusty finish. And for the folks who don't know what uh, a dusty finish is, it's when somebody wins a match or the match ends in some way, um, and then some official comes out or referee restarts the match somehow, and then the match ends differently. That's a that, it wasn't coined by Dusty Rhodes, but because Dusty Rhodes only used it a lot, it became known as the dusty finish. 
I, I swear, if there's one match that comes to mind right away, and if it's not on your list, I'll be very disappointed. Yeah, hopefully. It, I'm, it's, I imagine it's a WCW match, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go from that. All right. But Daniel Bryan got screwed so yeah, many times. Yeah, he got screwed so many times, like, as part of their booking, which made WrestleMania 30 feel even better, but still, he got screwed. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I'm gonna shoot from the hip on this one. Number four, I'm gonna go 1996. Ooh. Uh, uh, mainly for for a couple reasons. I mean, most notably the NWO. And uh, obviously. Then they get kicked Nitro's ass. I mean, not Nitro, but Raw's ass for a while. Um, I mean, and they kick Nitro's ass too if you look at it a certain way, but. Um, and then, I mean, if you look at flip, flip it over to the other side, I mean, Shawn Michaels had just beaten Bret Hart, and that was the year of the boy toy as well. I mean, yeah. he, except for he had feuds with, like, he, I mean, he had Mankind, Vader, Sid Vicious, and, I mean, even Bret came back, had a good match with Stone Cold Survivor Series, but I think, and the, I mean, and The Rock debuted. So your 96 was pretty impactful because when the NWO kicked off, the Monday Night Wars kicked off. Yeah, it pretty much did. It, like the ratings started becoming, they started flip flopping. Eventually, WCW took over for a while. WCW was or WWF was on its uh, last legs and came back by taking a bunch of risks. Really. Yeah, no more uh, Man Mountain Rock or Salvatore Sincere or some garbage like that. Yeah, and so we had Val Venus. So anyway. Yeah. Um, Good choice. Uh, didn't exactly experience the year myself, but uh, definitely have gone back and watched a lot of matches from that. Good year. Good year. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so my number four. And this is actually something we covered a bit um, recently, too, on our retrospective of the Edge era. But uh, I'm going to go with Ken Shamrock snapping and reversing the referee's decision at WrestleMania 14. Oh my god! Yeah, that more so than like that's actually probably the most famous example. Of the other 19 matches Shamrock had. Pretty much, yeah. Ken Shamrock's gimmick was he would just, just lose it, snap, and he held the Rock's you know ankle too long, would have won the title, but uh, nope. Very sad. Yeah, I, I kind of. I mean, I, I said I know we've talked about this again. But I was just very disappointed that they couldn't just let Shamrock just. I don't know if I mean, he wouldn't have beat Shawn Michaels for the title, but I feel like they just kind of put him in a in a hole. Like he just pigeonholed him and like doing the same shtick all the time. Yeah, but I think once you move on with his uh, feud with Owen Hart, I think he definitely looks a lot better, um, and it definitely comes off as being a lot stronger after that too. But that's yeah. a few months away. Agreed. Definitely. Um, let's see. So, number number three. going to be a little bit of a surprise, I, I suppose, but I'm going with 90, 1992. Ooh, that is a bit of a surprise. Uh, surprising to me because it, a lot of people consider that to be uh, not a good year. Well, 93 was the, the pretty crap. That was a really bad year. But go yeah. on, please, justify yourself. Well, just for the simple fact that the '92 Rumble is the best Rumble I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Um, Actually, you know what? That was that, that was pretty damn good. And then, I mean, the fact that they had gone away. I mean, except for like that brief, like you know, hot hot minute where Sergeant Slaughter had the belt. You could say for like a seven eight year span that only good guys held the heavyweight titles. I mean, again, Savage was a heel for like two months before he lost it, but. Yeah. For the most part, it was always like your baby face that had the belt. And then Flair had it, which again was huge because, you know, first WCW guy to win a WWF title. Um, and then as the year went on, Bret Hart won, which yep. was a complete shift from the older guys to the newer guys. That was kind of a change in the card right there, yeah. So, and then Shawn Michaels was the IC champ. So you saw the future coming. I just thought that like that year was the year where like more of an emphasis was was put on wrestling and not just you being a big giant you know muscle bound freak so yeah. to speak. Uh, you know, I gotta agree with you there. That, that I mean, concern that was you know the year of Papa Shango um, and oh, uh, uh, Ultimate Warrior leaving the company for a few years, uh, Hogan leaving the company and coming back the next year. Um, but for all intents and purposes, being gone, um, yeah, that was actually like a, a pretty damn good year. Good, good choice. Mm-hmm. 
you have a uh, number number two is it number three number three for the are we going with worst or best dusty finishes I don't know I think I'm going with worst dusty, dusty finishes because does anybody like a dusty finish besides dusty roads mm, nope okay well, then. well I'm going to go with Wrestlemania 27 the main event Cena and the Miz oh that's a good. I didn't even think about that one at yeah, all. Yeah, this this was pretty bad. Uh, essentially, at the end of the match, uh, Cena and the Miz double uh, count out. The match is over. The Rock, who has been hosting that night, comes out saying, "Who can't you know in the match? We gotta restart it." Um, and then pretty much does everything he can to make the Miz win because he doesn't like Cena. Um, so that. I mean, granted, you don't want to see the main event end in a double DQ, because, especially WrestleMania, because that has to be a, a really finite uh, match. But then again, the, the whole point of the match was for The Miz to beat Cena and remain the champion at WrestleMania. I mean, the freaking Miz. Come on. I mean, yeah, it, it lasted a whole one more month. And then he won it back in the triple threat match, I think, with... John Morrison and the Miz, and but then Morrison was beat up by R Truth, and that's the point. Yeah, this is crap. No, I, I I agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. I liked it. The Rock's like the match is not going to end this way, and then he just comes in and gives them a freaking rock bottom. I mean, but to be fair, it had a lot to do with I think the Rock getting the the fu or the app, whatever you call it, the f something. Yeah, to the gesture. Yeah, the the week before WrestleMania. I mean, why would you do that to the host of WrestleMania if you're focused on the the Miz? Yeah, screw. Like he was an afterthought in that feud altogether. He really was, poor guy. Yeah, he deserved better. But yeah, no, that was a definitely a good choice for a dusty finish there. I, that's a very good choice. I approve. Um, so let's see, number two. Uh, I have to go 1998. Um, 1998, good. That was a good span between 96 to 98. We had some damn good wrestling. I would have used 97, but, you know, Survivor Series and, you know, WCW didn't have anything good, especially Starcade, but I'm sure you'll highlight some of that, maybe. Maybe. Um, but 98, you know, Goldberg won the title, but they didn't do anything with that. Um, but again, the big thing was the Austin era kicking off and Attitude Era officially going into high gear. Because, like, Austin was fighting McMahon, they were kicking Nitro's ass in the ratings. You know, Austin was just making the company money hand over, hand over fist, and it put it, it ushered in the honestly the best period of wrestling that the business I think has ever seen. So because of that, because of Austin taking off and everybody like the Undertaker, the Rock, Triple H, like that ladder match from SummerSlam, like those guys work their ass off and it was just because they were in a competition with WCW and thank God it was such a good year. It was a great year, especially for the WWF and they really got their act together. Um, yeah, it wasn't just Austin. It was it was pretty much every single level of the card was firing at all cylinders. Everybody was doing great. Um, I'm pretty sure when we go back and watch the pay reviews, we'll go, we'll find more weaknesses. But all in all, yeah, that was pretty damn good. Your number two, Dusty. My number two, um, and which is another WrestleMania main event uh, finish: Brett versus Shawn Michaels. Oh, Survivor Series? Nope, the under the uh, WrestleMania 12 Iron Man match. Oh, that's right. If you remember, the match ended and uh, neither one had pinned each other or counted a fall. Um, so it was 0-0, and then Gorilla Monsoon comes out saying we have overtime, sudden death, um, and then Shawn Michaels super kicks Bret Hart, uh, gets a pin, wins the match, uh, wins the belt. And after yeah, what is probably considered, I, I think, is probably the most overrated match of all time. But that's just me. What? It's one of the most over. Even watch this thing; it's boring. Yeah, I've never actually stayed awake throughout the entire match. It's incredibly boring. It's just like rest hold, rest hold, fall outside, rest, fall outside, rest. Oh my goodness, we're taking forever. Yeah, that's it's incredibly boring. I, I mean. Yeah, true. 
I just, you know, it would have been the worst thing to let Brett win like that, but I mean, Sean needed the official send-off, so... Yeah, again, you really can't uh, end WrestleMania in an undefinitive um, kind of way, so, true. The boyhood dream came true <laughs> for Shawn Michaels. Oh my gosh, Shawn Michaels! Alright, so, number one, do uh, you want to take a guess, or what would, what would your personal number one be? Um, for wrestling years, in terms of, like, being a fan, um, man, that, that's very hard. I mean, 98, I think, was probably one of my best last years being a fan, because I pretty much I watched every single pay-per-view that year between both companies. Um, 97 was great, too. That's the first time I actually went to a live show, uh, and WCW was kicking butt. WWF, not so much. Uh, you already said 96. You're, oh, man. Um, and, of course, you already said 98. You already said 2005, 1992. Yeah. <sighs> man, this is really tough, but um, I'm going to have to guess 2002. Very close. Ooh. 2001. 2000? Really? 2001? Well, not for any, like, wrestling specific. I mean, unless you count Edge beating, you know, Lance Storm for the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam. That was but huge. I don't. I don't. It was a good match, though. But, or, or him winning King of the Ring. That was good, too. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, 2001. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, no, but just for the simple fact that ECW had closed, like, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And then two months later, WCW was bought by Vince McMahon. Yeah. And then, I mean, you go through the crap of, like, the uh, alliance angle, and that was because of Buff Bagwell being a douchebag and having a crappy match with Booker T on Raw. And, like, they completely, you know, foobarred any WCW angle or TV show that was going to go on from that point on. But, I mean... We wouldn't be where we are today without that happening. Because if, if either of those two entities or companies were still in business for however long they would have lasted after that point, things would be completely different today. So the fact that the industry had completely changed because you, instead of having three places to work, you could only work for one. And I mean, yeah, TNA came along later, but you know, you see how they're doing right now. Yeah, they're not going to last the night. <laughs> So, I mean, like, as far as, like, you know, a highlight for, like, a wrestling year, I mean, sure, 2002 was good. And then the brand extension, they had some good stuff in there. But 2001, I thought, was the most important because of the death of ECW and WCW. Yeah, it was important, but as a wrestling fan, it was. It, it was The year started out to be very, like, exciting. Like, hey, WCW was going to be bought, bought out. We finally had, like, the, the fantasy matches we've always wanted to see. Yay. And then the alliance happens and everything just starts getting really, really crafty. And it just kind of dies. It doesn't actually, like, pan out like the way you wanted it to be. But... Uh, it, it, for a backup one, I, I could I could go with 2009 because you you did not have a bad pay per view in 2009. I I don't even think throughout most of the entire year. You know, like WrestleMania 25, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. I mean the the Royal Rumble with the build up of Randy Orton attacking the McMahon's yeah. and like there was not a bad pay per view that entire year. Like I could not have 2009 was a very good year for wrestling. Good. I'll have to check out all the uh, pay-per-views from 2009. Eventually, we'll may get there one day. Yeah, when I'm 50. <laughs> no, that's fine. But, um, yeah, your number, number one, Dusty. Number one, uh, I think you pretty much already mentioned this already, but it's the obvious one. Sting versus Hulk Hogan, Starcade 97. <laughs> I was hoping that was going to be that one. Yeah, it's it's pretty much like it, the Dusty finishes of Dusty finishes, and it doesn't even make any sense. Because, you remember, it's, I think everybody's pretty much seen this match. Sting is pinned by Hogan, cleanly one, two, three. Uh, Hogan celebrates. Uh, Bret Hart comes in saying that wants to restart the match because we'll not see another screw job, even though the match ended very cleanly. Match is restarted, Sting wins, and the whole thing is just. It, it, the thing is, too, like it was they pushed Sting for like a year at this point uh, to come back and take on Hogan. This is like the. Actually, the second WCW pay-per-view I've ever bought, but, you know, it was exciting, and you know, we're going to you know, finally see the, the final climax of their feud, and that was the match, um, which was already pretty crappy because Sting was rusty and Hogan was terrible. Um, 
but uh, it, it just it was just a bad bad booking for for even a crappy match and just a way to show that how the dusty finish can really ruin both Sting and Hogan at the same time. Yeah, well, the thing was like Hogan didn't want to lose cleanly to Sting, which with the build up for that match, why would it have been such a bad thing? This is the one time where if you said. And I wish Chairshot was here because I know he loves Hogan so much. But, yeah. you know, this is the one that you can't defend Hogan for how Starcade went down at all. Oh, no. No, it shouldn't be. It, it, egomania running wild. <laughs> brother. What you going to do when I screw over your career, brother? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, good good list. Good, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so do you have a list for, any, for me for next week? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'll, I'll 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 leave it up to you. I have two options because they're both going to require a little bit of homework. Uh oh. I was going to give you. Oh, it's either going to be a wrestler or a period of time. So I'll leave that to your 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 choice. Um, give me a period of time. What's what's up? Okay. Now I know everyone completely dumps on the Vince Russo WCW era. There's got to be... I was looking for, like, the top five redeeming qualities of the Vince Russo era. There's got to be something good in there. There's got to be, right? Like, at least maybe five things? I'll try to do five things. It may be a top five, like, five things, like, good things that Vince Russo ruined. Yeah, that that, that works as well. Like, the um, top, top five, like, most, like, good or bad from the Vince Russo era. Okay. Um, okay, I'll, I can I can do that. I can do that, because I, I watched a bit of the Vince Russo era um, with WCW. Man, that's, that's a rough era. I can remember... <laughs> Oof. Oh, hey. man. Well, well, we'll work on that. Uh, so for you, sir, um, I'm trying to think of, like, the best... Um, all right, how about this? The top five scariest gimmicks of all time. Um, you mean, like, scary, like, ah, uh, or scary, like, wow, that sucked. Uh, scary in terms of, like, actually, like, we're, we're really, like, scary dudes. Okay, okay, one last question. You mean, like, in a horror manner, or is, like, like a big, like, badass dude that could, like, you know, kick your head off? Oh, uh, in, in, like, a horror manner. Okay, okay, all right. Because it's October, man. It's Halloween coming up. You gotta... You could have given me, like, top five Halloween Havoc matches. <laughs> <laughs> like, or worse, Hogan Warrior. Oh, no. God. Abdul the Butcher in a freaking... Or uh, the Chamber of Horrors match. Chamber yeah. of Horrors match on the electric chair, shaking Damn. like he's got Tourette's. Now, how about... Um... For just an idea for a, a potential retro, if we get more fans, is that we do the Halloween Havoc from either 92 or 98 and highlight the Sting or the Sting Hogan match itself. Ooh. Not Sting Hogan, the Warrior Hogan match. Warrior Hogan. Okay, uh, I'll tell you what. Um, we'll figure out some way of doing. If we have, um, we see we're up to 580 views right now. What? Uh, so. Yeah, I mean we're we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, and that's including the uh, the views from um, uh, the the. I just only put the second part on the first part of uh, we watched uh, uncensored. Yeah. I'm sorry, 590. So we're almost up to 600 views. Yay! Man, I feel like we're the longest episodic podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that we've ever done in our lives. We're up to like a good like episode, uh, uh, almost episode twenty at this point. Good grief! All right, fans, if you go to dbjwrestling.com, you will find absolutely nothing because the site's not real. But if it was, we would have we would have DVDs with these podcasts on it, chock filled with bonus features like gag reels. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah, our, our entire show is a big gag reel. Um, anyway, what was I saying? Oh, uh, one last thing before we go. I, I know this will, uh, by the time this happens next week, but I'd like to offer congratulations to, and I'm sure the commissioner is always going to listen, but he told me that his lovely wife is supposed to have their second child tomorrow. Oh, congratulations to him, too. Yeah, so congratulations, commissioner, on 
your baby girl whose name escapes me, but I'm sure I'll hate myself for not knowing it. I'm sure it's not uh, Paige. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, she wouldn't let me get up with it. Anyways. Uh, Anyways, good show, good show. Yes, yes, yes. So next week we have Unforgiven 2000 and... 2000, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm thinking, it's 2000, uh, 1998. Uh, yeah. the, our review of it, uh, that week's Raw, and of course our top five lists of pain. So cool. for the DB&J Wrestling Podcast... Yes. I'm John Buckle Jim. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut John. <laughs> your, your counts are just too fast for me. Uh, it's Termical Jim. Fast count, Brian. Have a great week. How are we going?